What's up, Docalos? It is your host, Bob Sham, and you are listening to The Documenteers, the podcast about documentaries where we discuss a documentary every episode and then rate it to the end of time with the Herzog rating system. Speaking of Herzogs, we are deep within Herzog month because Werner Herzog was born on September 5th. Therefore, we celebrate the month he was born by talking about Herzog documentaries. And for this one, we are doing what I believe is Werner's most recent. He, I think he might have a new one coming out soon. But we are discussing Werner's technological quandary film, Lo and Behold, Reveries of the Connected World. Werner goes through the history and the future of technology, where we're going, and the dangers surrounding it, and because of it. And it's a lot to unpack, and Stuart and I attempt to unpack it in our own special way. Every Documenteers episode, all the co-hosts, you'll notice they all have a a different personality, and I play off of them differently, and uh, everyone's got their favorites out there. And Stuart, of course, uh, my old friend, he has a, a unique sense of humor, and I tell you, to watch Stuart out in the real world try to play his humor out to people who don't know him very well. They don't know whether Stuart's trying to insult them. They're very confused. And that just adds a whole other layer of comedy. And uh, yeah, but shit gets goofy. Considering how scary some of the shit we talk about in this episode is, uh, a natural reaction is to joke around. But we learn a lot in this one. And you can watch this movie on Netflix. Plenty of the movies we've talked about this month on netflix and the two that aren't you can find easily on youtube speaking of which next week we close out herzog month johnny and i close out herzog month by discussing the 1981 film god's angry man where Werner goes and talks to an angry angry evangelical preacher it's not without its own silliness johnny and i get back to our original concept of talking about religious movies and that will close Herzog month out before we go into creepy October. But for now and today, let's sit back, talk about the tech and how overwhelming it all is with lo and behold, reveries of the connected world. Keep on docking. Now, here is a motion picture film, a thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. This is the campus of the University of California in Los Angeles. Today, no one of the students is aware that this is ground zero of one of the biggest revolutions we as humans are experiencing. Guess what the number one most drinkingest state is? I'm a guess. Percentage of uh, like binge drinkers. Per capita? I'm going to say Massachusetts. No. Let me guess again. Texas. God bless Texas. Oh, no. You haven't even mentioned any in the top five. Tennessee. No. Hold on. I'm going to say North Dakota. You're right. How did you get that? Well, I took a few guesses. Yeah, that's the number one. Alaska's got to be in there. Yeah, Alaska's up. See, I should have thought that first. Alaska's number nine. I'm going to go through the the ones after that. Maine is number eight. I don't know why. Maybe all that. Because it's cold. When it's cold as shit, that's all people do. 
Nebraska is seven. It's pretty cool yeah, there. Yeah, it can be. Minnesota, number six. Illinois, number five. Number four is Iowa. Chicago alone is taking care of that. Three, Montana. Sure. Two, Wisconsin. I mean, you have to be drunk to go vote for Scott Walker, I guess. And all those cheese curds, too, man. I was looking up uh, per capita Perfect. murder rates in the U.S. Yeah. And uh, per capita, Nashville is actually worth the New York City. Whoa, really? Yeah, New York City, considering it has over 8 million people living there, is relatively safe for that amount of people. And Anaheim, California is like in the top 10. You always think of like Disney or the duck, the mighty well, duck. Well, actually, yeah, it makes me think of murder. The murderous place on earth. We are well into Herzog month, and this is our fourth Herzog movie of Herzog month. We talked about Into the Abyss, Into the Inferno. And we talked about the great ecstasy of the woodcarver Steiner. Now we discuss, lo and behold, reveries of the connected world. Available now on Netflix. Netflix. It's on Netflix. Copyright infringement. Now you selected this one and I was glad I watched it. I hadn't seen it. It's probably one of his more recent ones, I believe. It was very interesting. In a lot of ways, it was very different than most Werner Herzog movies. The pace was quicker. There's a little bit of lingering, but not much. And... Just a lot of information, which is appropriate considering a lot of what it's talking about. A lot of a lot of subjects too. It was like more like uh, he he was trying to focus on one subject matter, right? Yeah, usually. Well, you know what 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 are some of his other documentaries where he's like uh, into the abyss is is mainly about just one guy. Right? Yeah, uh, the one dude on death row and the murder and the crime and everything surrounding it. It's focusing on a crime. So he tends to focus in on like one subject. Into the Inferno goes to multiple locations, but it's always about a volcano and the society surrounding it. Right. God's Angry Man's about uh, uh, Gene Scott, Pastor Gene Scott. And so in this one, it's what's his subject matter? You think? Technology, the internet, technology growing at a rapid pace. Yeah. And our interactions with it. Yes. As, as a society. The good and the bad. Often the scary. There's some scary shit in this movie. Yeah, especially in chapter three, the dark side. Did you uh, notice the chapters? Yes. This one is all split up in chapters. Into the Abyss was, had chapters too. I don't know what the real point of that really is, but. I like it. It's like you're reading a book. Werner gets away with some shit that I would probably yell at other directors if they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff, I think it's because everything has like his sense of humor, like just always upfront in it i'm glad you say that i feel like when people speak about in generalizations about Werner, that they leave out the humorous parts of him but he really is like a warm and a funny guy well it's like the opening of this movie you know we 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 focus on this like just generic looking campus which is like what usc is that the campus i think ucla ucla and it's just like generic looking and he's got his like camera has slowed the footage down in the editing or whatever and it's like what's the narration and he's like talking about uh the corridors here look repulsive he's talking about the corridors leading into a room where they yeah and they he described the corridors as repulsive repulsive yeah re these repulsive corridors leading into a room <laughs> Where uh, the first interface messaging processor. And out of nowhere, it's great how in this movie, he's got all these moments like this where he's setting up an establishing shot and he's probably told the subjects like, yeah, just walk into the shot. And a lot of times that leads to kind of a, a comic moment 
And this is one of those where it's like the guy's like walking down this hall as he's saying it's like repulsive and repulsive. And where we enter this room that's like. But there were blank white walls, clinical walls. Yeah. And he speaks to a Leonard Kleinrock mm-hmm. who's guiding Werner through this big machine that looks like a refrigerator. It's a computer. And it's an interface message processor. Yeah, it looks like an old old refrigerator or like one of those robots in the first Star Wars movies. Yeah. And uh, Kleinrock says it's so <laughs> ugly it's beautiful and he's admiring the old smell. There's a record in a log that this machine helped communicate a message from UCLA to the Stanford Research Center. Right. It was the first ever interface message sent across the country. Right. 1969 this occurred. Which they were trying to type something. Now what was that first message? Many people don't know it. They were trying to type log. To log in, you have to type L-O-G, and that machine is smart enough to type the I-N. They typed an L. <laughs> so Charlie typed the L, and he said, you get the L? And Bill said, yep, got the L. <laughs> then they typed an O. Typed the O. You get the O? Yep, got the O. Then it crashed. Type the G, you get the G? Crash. The SRI computer crashed. And then so they were just left with the word low. So the first message ever on the internet was low, as in lo and behold. I don't like it because it's so artsy fartsy. <laughs> Whoa! That's where Werner got the name. <laughs> and then later you'll see where behold comes in. And there's a lot of talking heads in this movie, more so than your average. Werner often, I mean, it's not unusual for him to have talking heads. When we see talking heads in Werner movies, they're in their own environment. A lot of people are in their own environment here. But it's so fast-paced, it comes off a little more typical than most Werner movies. We speak to Bob Kahn. He's an early architect of networking elements. And with a guy named Vint Cert in 1973, he created the, the protocol that would lead to what the internet would become. Like the protocol, the foundations of what the internet would become. They said that if you took burnt disks of all the data in the world... I don't know why anyone would do this. Yeah, I might. That sounds like something I would do. (laughs) That sounds like something the two of us would do. Yeah, I think that's going to be our next project. (laughs) Uh, That they would reach Mars. Well, that's how we get to Mars. Just burn disks of data, stack them up, start climbing. (laughs) They have an old directory of people on the internet. The early internet had a paper directory, like a phone book. And you could put in a book. Everyone who was on the internet in the earliest days. Right. You couldn't do that nowadays. It's kind of cool, though, that book. I wonder how much that book's worth. How much is that book worth? First edition. First edition of that book. I wonder how much that book's worth. Is anybody you know in it? No. Do you know anyone in that book? Yeah, we were fucking hicks. I, I we bet didn't if, have If we did know anyone in that book, they would not tell us. Like, those people are just like, they're in, they've got bunkers now. If you were meant to know, you'd know, man. We meet a guy. I like this guy. His name is Ted Nelson. And in the the early boat, yeah, he's he's in the houseboat. Yeah, I like him. In the early '60s, this guy envisioned the outline of the internet, and he was inspired by dipping his hand in water and watching the water flow around his hand and the water connect around his appendages. He had this idea, and this is interesting because his concept of the internet is one of intellectual accountability. Links would automatically source to their original subject. A parallel presentation that shows a quotation connected to its original context. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And where is that from? 
That is from the King James Bible. So we can step down to the next quotation. Adam and Lilith immediately began to fight, and that is from the alphabet of Ben Sirah. And so as we pull back, we can see successive pages coming up to connect with their sources or with their linked contents. But it never worked out like that. The internet is a, a, a house of lies. Werner says to us, you're the only one around who appears clinically sane. Werner's obsessed with sanity. He also claims he's the only sane person in filmmaking. Is that true? That's, I, I believe it. Well, he would know. Part two, <laughs> the glory of the net. Glory of the net. And this is where it gets biblical, right? Maybe you can help explain this part to me. Yeah. They were talking about collective molecular design, like a game. Yeah, yeah. Players designing molecules, mm -hmm. but there's some kind of outline, and this is to help combat diseases and shit. I might right. be too dumb for parts of this movie. Yeah, I think that that was more of the ultimate goal. And they've done... It's more of a tool to teach people about science. Use a kind of a collective brain trust to get people to test out molecules. And then they're actually creating those molecules through science. And the narration of that segment, they seem to lead you down this idea that maybe they did, but I didn't I don't know. Well who's what was that guy's name? Uh Gene. No, hold on. I didn't write that one down. Well, why would you? Yeah. Let's know. move the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard movie to unpack. I know, yeah, that's a it's problem. pretty challenging. Yeah. We'll make we'll get through it like we'll we get, always yeah, do. We do, we we're gonna get there. We'll fun it up like we usually do. We're gonna find what's funny about it. It's so artsy fartsy. Yeah, we'll we'll giggle it up about it. Yeah. Forget the facts. We'll throw in like a crude joke. You know how we do. Penis. <laughs> Fa fax machine. Put your penis in a fax machine. <laughs> if I put my penis in a fax machine and I send it to Cambridge. Yes. I think I know where you're going with this. Would they think it's a spotted dick? Oh, that's not what I that's not where I thought you were going. Yeah, that was a stupid joke. No, I liked it. I thought it was insightful. You're supportive. I like that about Your you. Your jokes, they always teach me things. But you know, here's the thing. I I they never got to the invention of the fax machine, which I was hoping they would. Yeah, they just skipped over that. Your favorite invention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when are they gonna get into that? And then they never did. But we do meet a Sebastian Thrun. He's a roboticist out of Stanford. And he works on self-driving cars. Those are all the rage right now, Stuart. And we see clips of a DARPA Grand Challenge 2005 of a race of automated vehicles. It looked like a scene from BattleBots. Yeah. We need like full-size BattleBots, like big BattleBots. And they never really got into that either. Like when did the internet and all that stuff, when did they invent BattleBots? They dropped the ball not mentioning BattleBots. I'm going to assume that's not Herzog, but his producers that were like, no, we don't need to go into BattleBots, Werner. And he's like, but I want to. We speak to Araj Rajkumar. He's an automated car designer. And he opens up a trunk. and he'll, It just looks like any trunk. And Werner's like, I can't see anything. And then he opens up the, the panel, like where you would usually put like a donut or, a, you know, stuff to help fix your car. And there is a computer that with four processing cores. And this car has optical laser sensors that projects a virtual world which can tell what what is around it to make sure it doesn't hit anything but Werner asks but who is going to be liable in case of an accident 
the onboard computer, its designer, the GPS system, the internet, or the driver who eats his breakfast. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that they didn't even think about in the movie Tron. We've had an incident where someone is in an automated car and they got into an accident and died. That's already happened. But then they just automated him, right? They put his brain into the perfect cop. <laughs> yes. What? They did? Yeah. I figured, yeah. They don't mention RoboCops in here either. It's bullshit. I mean, that's probably for the, the sequel that Werner is working on right now. Probably. We do get some cute-ass robots, though. Joy Deep Bizois introduces us to autonomous robots playing like a mini soccer. Yeah, robot number eight. Robot number eight. He's the Messi or Ronaldo of robots. Remember, Werner asked him a very pointed question. Beautiful. Do you love it? Yes, we do. We do love Robot 8. <laughs> do you love num Robot number do 8? Do you love it? Yeah, this he does. This is the first kind of scene. And there's a number of these, I think, in the movie. Robot, human, romance. Werner brings up love a few times in this yeah. movie. He's impressed by the technology, but he's like, Where's the room for love? I think it's he's kind of like a like the jock making fun of the nerds, you know, and he's like, do you love your computer? Like a love jock. He's a love jock. He's a love jock. Chapter three, the dark side. This is very sad. We meet the Katsuris family. And this family, they had a daughter who took the who took the family Porsche. They looked like they had some good money. And the daughter got in a bad car wreck. And there were brutal pictures of her car wreck that showed apparently her near decapitation. Werner doesn't show any pictures like that. He opts not to even show any pictures of the girl while she's alive, opts only to show environments within the house that she enjoyed, which is an interesting choice. I mean, if he's not going to play the audio from Grizzly Man. I think you, you should not keep it. You should destroy it. Then he's not going to um, show pictures of a near decapitated girl. Her father, Christos, was being sent emails of his dead daughter. And people were sending him fucked up messages like, woohoo, daddy, I'm still alive. And uh, But there is no law in place for pictures of deceased people. When they're dead, their right to privacy is gone. They ended up suing the California Highway Patrol. Apparently, they were the ones involved in leaking the photos, but the family did win. The Highway Patrol leaked the photos? Yeah, it was, it was a paramedic that that's... Yeah, he sent the photos to a buddy. Boy, those paramedics can be glib as shit, man. Yeah. But the wife says, and this is pretty interesting. I have always believed that the internet is a manifestation of the Antichrist, of evil itself. It is the spirit of evil. And I feel like it's running through everybody on earth and it's claiming its victories in those people that are also evil chapter four where we without the internet we wouldn't have a uh, uh fortnite yeah and, and pokemon, fortnite. pokemon go yeah we need to mention this shit more often because to get more listeners fortnite you guys are gay you see the voice crack Oh, he is crack, definitely retard. You should go get a life and quit playing Fortnite. Oh, God, what so are you like? Tough guy right here. Face it to my house and I'll take your ass. Pokemon Go. Minecraft. Without the internet, we wouldn't have the podcasts. Unboxing videos. 
yeah, uh, haul videos, unboxing videos, uh, mukbang videos. Bukaki. Bukaki. No one's ever explained to me what that is. It's- mukbang. You know what mukbang is? Mukbang? No. What is that? Okay, so it's a video where you watch somebody eating, and they'll eat like a whole meal. Or it'll be a whole family eating a whole meal and you just kind of watch them eat and they talk while they're eating or look it up. It's a thing. Are you, no, I'm, I'm all right. Could it kill you to unbox things so the kids can get into this? Me? Unbox your wallet. Take all the contents of your wallet out. Right, right now. I got some uh, lint. Those are headphones. Oh, the fishing line. There's a, there's a picture of Obama and a picture of Trump. Cause I love them, but <laughs> you just want to be objective. There's a broken Kroger Plus card. Word. There's this put- is this this is my Shore Points card, which uh, that's how I get to the beach. So that's pretty cool. You want to see that Jersey Mike Shore Points? I love the fact that you're not embarrassed to share that you have a Jersey Mike Shore Points card. Oh yeah, well why would I be? I mean, have you have you ever been to Jersey Shore? It's beautiful. Yeah, I, no, I haven't. Chapter four, Life Without the Net. Probably my favorite part of this movie. This is my uh, special card. Harris Teeter, you fancy fuck. Very important customer. <laughs> is there still a Harris Teeter in town? Just one for me. That's where Ch- I get all my tofuties. My tofuti cuties. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Those are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right? I kind of like them. I think it's like the chocolatey stuff that makes it, though, because ice cream alone, fake ice cream is like, it never wins for me. This is something for you kids at home to try. Get a jar of mayonnaise, put it in the freezer. I don't like the artsy fartsy thing. <laughs> you know, You're like fucking Martha Stewart, man. <laughs> Chapter four, life without the net. Green Bank, West Virginia. We meet a Jay Lockman. He's an astronomer. Mm. Oh, and yeah. he works on a telescope that discovered a black hole in the Milky Way. And he also works in radio astronomy. Like he sends signals out and he grabs signals coming back. He says he can pull signals if someone sent it from across the solar system. Yep. But they would arrive with less energy than that of a falling snowflake. The observatory requires a very minimal amount of tech pollution. There's no cell towers. Your smartphones and shit, they're not going to work here, Stuart. Ain't no Pokemon Go. Ain't no Fortnite. Fortnite. But we also meet some hermits. Yeah. This is very interesting to me. And apparently they have a condition that is not really formally diagnosed yet, but we meet a few people. Jennifer Wood is one. What do you think you call that disease? It's like a cell sickness. Let's call it cell sickness. Yeah, techitis. Techitis. But when cell phone towers were starting to pop up, Jennifer Wood and several other people started to become constantly sick. Did you say James Woods? No, not that, not that creep. When all the towers, (laughs) fuckhead, (laughs) quit fucking me up. When all the cell towers started popping up in the mid to late Mm nineties, she and several other certain people, I noticed that they were older. Maybe there's more, a more variety of people at this place, but everyone we saw seemed to be like middle-aged and up. But they constantly get sickness by cellular signals bouncing around from tower to tower. And there's cell phone towers everywhere now, which means that the only place that these people can go is Green Bank, West Virginia, in this area, which requires minimal 
tech presence. Oh, they call it uh, wireless network sensitivity. And this lady, she gets very upset because she wants you to know that this is a legit illness. I just want people to know that this type of illness and doctors, I really want them to hear that this is a legitimate illness. Um, and it affects our lives tremendously. You have no idea. When you go home today after this interview, you have the luxury of going home to your familiar surroundings. You have that luxury to go back to your families. I haven't had that in four and a half years. I haven't had any stability. And I just have to impress upon you how serious this is for those of us that are suffering. A lot of people have had to leave their families because of this condition. You think about a cell tower, right? Mm -hmm. A fucking cell tower. We take this for granted every day. These huge structures are taller than most buildings on the planet. Yeah. They might as well be a part of any landscape, but it's just these massive things. Imagine you were from 100 years in the past and you were flung into the future. You'd probably spend half your time just staring at the cellular towers like, what the fuck is that? Right, like, what is that? What? Can you just, I mean, I'd be like, what is that? What would you say if you're an alien? I would say if I were an alien? Yeah, I just saw like cell towers. What would I say if I were a person talking to someone who's stranded from 100 years in the past? Yeah, what would you say to them? I'd say, that's a cellular tower. You're an alien, though. What would you say? I would say, that's your new god, and I am your messiah. Repulsive. Wait, what? I'd fuck that shit up from the inside. Aliens are cool. Yeah, they are. Uh, there's a West Virginia hoedown, too. Oh, it gets bad at me. She gets hard and ginger tea. She is good and she is bad. Give me the devil when she gets mad. Only thing bouncing around there is radio signals, my Easy friend. grass. Here, take this grass. They probably get some grass, you know what I'm saying? Deposit some twigs. They're probably getting some grass. Just you know imagine that bank. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. Probably rolling up fat dubs and hog legs. Legalize. At a facility in a forest in Washington State near Seattle, there's an internet addiction rehab center. And we meet my and, boy. And there is a doll stuck in a tree that Werner cannot resist taking a shot of. Yeah, well, that's where you keep it. We hear a story about these Korean parents who starved their own kid because they were addicted to playing this game. Yeah. Apparently, the game that they were playing involved taking care of something, which is a weird. It must have been twist. Sims. They were playing The Sims. Did you ever play The Sims? I put in the Maybe. look. I put in the Rosebud code to get tons of money just to make my dream house. Ooh, I never played that. I didn't Rosebud. want to simulate a life. But how do you know by the code if you never played it? Rosebud semicolon something ex i think exclamation so you did play it yeah i did the rosebud code to get infinite money and then how long did you play it for like how many years not much i just built the house and then do you still play it now no not in a Be very honest, long though. time just tell us the truth because i don't because the way you're look i'm not against video games I, I can tell when you're like hiding something and there's like you're hiding something they've made more sims games since See, and like, I didn't even know that. So it's weird that you know that. Yeah, you know it. Why are you accusing me of this? Now you get real defensive and you're like doing that thing where you rub your nose. That means you're lying to me right now. Okay, let's just let's just drop it. I didn't mean to take you to this emotional place where you are now. In South Korea, it's not uncommon for gamers to wear diapers. Well, yeah. You wear diapers, right? I wear diapers. I used to. It's like. And will probably one day. It's not uncommon to wear diapers. I don't. I don't think that's. I don't know why they picked that out. Because they really love them games in South Korea. 
Oh, okay. Fortnite, baby. Face it to my house and I kick her ass. We keep mentioning Fortnite, Fortnite and the kids um, will just Pokemon latch onto Go, this shit. Rubik's Cubes, um, Solitaire, Yo Yo's, Minesweeper. My wife loves your, that game. Uh, Windows 95 Pinball, Windows Vista. We meet a guy named Tom. He lost his job and his girlfriend. He played games 16 hours a day, drunk. Watch lots of porn. You can relate to that. We meet a Chloe. And Werner asks her, Did you adopt certain characters? It became almost like you. And the girl was like, you know, that's a very personal question. I'm yeah. afraid I would relapse if I got too deep into that question. Yeah, you know, she's thinking of Luigi up there. And they're like, talking about, Luigi. yeah, Luigi. Don't mention Luigi. What they're talking about is World of Warcraft, I believe. Oh, for real. Because I think somebody mentions Night Elf Sorcerers. I wanted very much to discuss fictional characters with Chloe, like the malevolent druid dwarf, or whoever these figures are. I used to play World of Warcraft, but for the sake of my relationship, I had to cut it loose. It's a very involved game. I haven't played it in quite some time. Over 10 years. I'm so proud of you, you know? I'll every day you're doing something where you have... You're telling me about these new new things you're doing. I All I need is your approval. You know, you got it. You're the, you're the tops. Thank you. Chapter five, the end of the net, the sun, Stuart. Well, we knew this was coming. It's a star, and we know stars are trash. And you know why stars are trash? Trash stars. Because they do solar flares, and solar flares can fuck up tech and threaten lives. Star fuckers. We meet a Lucianne Walkowitz. Now, you're single, right? Oh, yeah, single. I wonder if Lucianne Walkowitz is single. She's a very pretty astronomer. Do you remember Lucianne? Yeah, I'll ask her out. Is that yeah. you're saying? We should date me and her? I think you and her would make a cute couple. Well, she loves dwarf stars, and I'm really into this. <laughs> Almost made a very crude joke. What? No, you, you wouldn't do you, that. With the word dwarf. Uh, anyway... <laughs> But Lucianne tells us of the Carrington event in 1859. A guy, he saw a sun patch with his own eyes grow brighter and brighter. Now you look at the sun, it's like, oh, it's too shiny. I can't look at it. I'm always looking at that sun to see if it gets brighter and brighter. That's why <laughs> hey, go out and check and see if the sun's getting brighter. Kids, if you're out there playing for your games, take a moment. Go, go and look and see if the sun's getting brighter and brighter. <laughs> Be like Carrington. You know, you'll have your own event named after you. Don't you want that? Pokemon Go, it'll be like, don't call it the, the Billy event. It'll be Pokemon Go, though. But imagine you're staring at the sun, as you do, and a patch is just growing brighter and brighter. The sun's already bright as fuck, and you see a part of it just increasingly brighter. It's like, whoa. Dude, every time I go outside, I'm like, man, this sun is bright as fuck, yo. Now, the main methods of communication at the time were telegraphs. And what Carrington was seeing was a solar flare. So this is like right before fax machines. Uh, w way before fax machines. And telegraph currents were catching fire. This was a major solar flare, unlike any that we've known of and have seen in recorded history. Oh, uh, Luciana did a TED Talk. Yeah? I bet every single one of these people did TED Talks. So like a TED Talk is like a Kickstarter, but for like scientists. Yeah. You get on and do a TED Talk, and you're like, bam, you're like blowing up. You get a million mentions on your tweets. Do you like TED Talks? No. Yeah, me either. No, I don't like them at I all. I don't want to sit through them at all. They should, we should do like our own thing. Call it a bed talk. I've watched one. We go to sleep. <laughs> People watch you sleep, bed talk. 
You just start talking until you pause. <laughs> well, I've been trying to think of another podcast we could do. I think you just came up with it. Bed uh, it ends with Angela walking in, being like, "Stuart, what are you doing in our bed?" <laughs> no, it's got it's for bed talk, man. You say people go to sleep to it. Yeah. Yeah. Good night. Like there's that uh, what is it called? Uh, sleep ASMR. Sleep with me. Sleep with me. Have you heard of this? It's like a podcast where you like sleep. The guy's like talking, and he bores you to sleep. Yeah, I think that I think I know what you're talking about. We'd be great at that. We always ramble on about nothing. <laughs> Stuart, we're too entertaining no I'm, we keep am, people wide no, up i'm always like half asleep when i listen to us talk anyway <laughs> flares can wreck satellites and tech and we show an example of remember when hurricane sandy blacked out all of new york how could i forget think of that multiplied globally that'd be like no screensaver man that'd be like monitor that, off that's what you're gonna miss the most is fucking screensavers <laughs> yeah i love my screensavers lawrence krauss hashtag screensavers Lawrence Krauss, the cosmologist, says that uh, at this point, if all of our information was destroyed in a solar flare, that the fabric of civilization would collapse. That's the guy that looks kind of like John Lennon. People won't remember a pre-internet world. And that's true. There are grown adults right now that don't remember a pre-internet world. You and I, we're old enough to remember. You know, nothing about Fortnite, Pokemon Go, hashtag. Fortnite. <laughs> Jonathan Zetrain says that we make objects reliant on connectivity. And that's true. Every time I get some, you know, you got refrigerators that you can get apps for your refrigerators to tell you what's in your refrigerator. I personally don't get that. That's called the Internet of Things. You know, every tech thing you get is like you got to go through those long process of personalization. It's like, why can't you just be a fucking phone? You know, why can't you just be a computer? Ooh. Why do I got to put my spin on it it's not always about me i got my my refrigerator home it's like what up dog what up dog whenever i open it your fridge says what up dog what up dog yeah it's robot technology man <laughs> lucianne says as far as major solar flares it's a matter of time you're gut busting through this but solar flares are fucking serious Stuart. and there's really nothing we could do pre to prepare for them except for printing out Wikipedia pages. It's funny you mention that because they mentioned that in this movie. Chapter five, Earthly Invaders. We go to Las Vegas, DEFCON. It's a hacker convention. Half the attendees here are FBI, CIA, or Chinese Secret Service. Right, which I could tell just by looking at them. Like, they didn't need to say that in the movie. I knew already. We I'm mean like to super, do. I'm like super smart about this stuff. Have you heard? Oh, you're a hacker. Yeah, I mean, I'm lead, I'm lead, lead hacker. <laughs> L-E-E-T. Have you ever heard of a guy named Kevin Mitnick? Well, you saw this movie, so. Yeah. He's an infamous <laughs> hacker. And he hacked into the LA cell phone company to track FBI numbers through the metadata. He knew metadata was the shit before everyone else did. Mm -hmm. And you would get pager alerts when certain phones that he was tracking will come near his vicinity. One time he got an alert that phones are coming towards him. Because the FBI was on to him that he was hacking. He had time to clear out all the electronics in the house. Went to go get donuts. Brought donuts back with a note for the FBI. The FBI shows up. <laughs> they search. They find zero tech. But they find donuts with a note on them. FBI donuts. And, he's, and they turn around. And Kevin Mitnick's oh, sitting back in his recliner. Hands behind his head. He slowly puts on some shades. Gotcha, bro. Right, which is a meme now. Gotcha, bro. 
He eventually gets arrested, and the prosecutors beg the judge to not let him near a phone. They said that this guy, Kevin Mitnick, he was capable of launching a missile. And he spent four years in prison, and I think they said one year in solitary confinement. Solitary confinement is brutal. That's no fun. Don't do that, folks. Kids, just keep playing Fortnite. Don't don't be going in solitary confinement. As if solar flares are not scary enough, we talked to a security analyst by the name of Sean Carpenter. And he is talking very vaguely about the biggest cyber attack in the history of our known uh, technological world. Hundreds of military defense facilities were hacked, including NASA, by someone called Titan Rain. But Sean, that's about the extent that Sean can reference it. I just cannot talk about it. I'm sorry. When Werner asked some specific questions, Sean is like, I can't, I can't speak much on that. I can't speak much on that. This is the part of the movie that makes me like really think about what we're going through right now. It's very uh, prescient. Equifax company that got hacked and probably has all of our information. If you ever bought a house or had to get your credit run or anything, the truth is all our data could already be compromised. Mm -hmm. I guess our only hope is that there's just so much data that they won't be able to handle all that data that it'll just sit there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's why I keep making lots of data. (laughs) That's what we need to do. We all need to make more data. Listen, listen, kids. This is what you do after you play Fortnite. Just go one one zero zero one one. Just make just confuse the computers. I don't know what's going on, and send that uh, to Google. Google that. They talk about how they've been hunting Titan Rain down, but until you have physical proof of who did what, it could all just be a myth. And sometimes the corruption of something is worse than something just falling apart. You think he's talking about the corruption of data? Yeah, the corruption of data. A skilled enough hacker could hack satellites and bring them down. That sounds like something like a comic book villain would do. Well, you heard about all the uh, infrastructure getting hacked in the last year, right? Go on. Yeah, there's all this. They have like all this uh, hacking going on. Oh, you mean like the election machines and shit like that? Not just that. I'm saying like actual like utilities. There's so much like what the fuck shit going on right now. It's hard to keep it straight. So this Titan brain could just be like the one thing that now probably is dwarfed by whatever's going on maybe it's even worse now that's what i'm saying kids you want to get on the google type one one zero zero one 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 just keep typing those ones and zeros confuse the computers lots of data hashtag more data fortnite hashtag more data get on twitter everyone everyone listening now to pod buddies hashtag pod buddies hashtag more data hashtag one one zero zero one 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 zero Werner asks, could there be a major cyber war happening right now? And Sean's like, that could very well be going on. (laughs) What is so funny? This is serious shit. (sighs) Seven, internet on Mars. We meet your boy, Elon Musk, founder of SpaceX. Dude, this is like my idol. Because like what I did is I actually built my own uh, Tesla car. It's actually, so my CRV, right? I Took off the H, I put a T there. All right, shut up. Uh, (laughs) Elon Musk, he does seem to have some smarts about him, like maybe some mathematical smarts. He understands that uh, cosmic satellites can block certain signals. I think the difference between Elon Musk and like a sci-fi nerd is just that he has gobs of money. Yep. But you do got to give him credit that he is, he and SpaceX are successfully 
launching rockets into space. Dude, you got to give the man credit because he's launching rockets. And That's you know he's dating Grimes? Yeah, he's dating Grimes. He's not dating Grimes. Yeah, he is. Is he? Yeah, he, he dates Grimes, the pop singer Grimes. You didn't mm-hmm. know that, bro? No, but he's da- there's somebody else he's dating too. No, there there is some story I heard about Grimes and some other celebrity. And they're left in like Elon Musk's house and like nobody was there and they're like real sketched out and like lost. Azalea Banks? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the only thing I know. Azalea went to Gr- went to Elon's house. Grimes invited her because she's going to lay something down on their new album or some shit. And apparently Elon Musk was having some breakdown. He's been weird lately. I think at the time of this movie, everyone was looking at Elon Musk like, wow, he's so inspiring. He's going to send us to Mars. Yeah. Oh, Werner also says that nothing looks inviting out there. It's a good point, Werner. He did this. Uh, I watched something press conference with Elon Musk where he's like, has all these like solar panels that are actually like uh, whatever, like supposed to be like roofing. So you can buy like, but it just seems like impractical. Like he has all these ideas. and He had a hyperloop concept to go from like San Francisco to LA or to Seattle or something. He had the idea. But the physics of it doesn't work. It's like all these rich guys, they're out there and they're just like coming up with these ideas and throwing them at throwing them at us all the time. So we can't even like really think about like what they're actually doing. And they're probably just like keeping all their money and like hiding it and like not paying taxes and setting up shell companies and like all that stuff so that they don't have to pay. And then they can seem like good people. This is what I'm talking about. Because eventually, we'll probably figure out the technology for Hyperloops. Eventually, we'll figure out how to send people to Mars. I mean... But then fucking Elon Musk is going to be like, oh, remember when I was talking about that? And this is what I'm saying. Every science fiction writer thought of this shit, too. But he's probably going to get a lot of credit for it. Remember when the the boys got caught in the cave? The Thai boys? It's your boy. The soccer team? Oh, yeah. And he sent some unmanned... My boy Bill was telling me about that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Bill. Shout out to Bill. About uh, the the Thai soccer team. Yeah, and he shows up with like a mini sub and he's like, I'm going to get in there and get these boys. Let me in there. And he got turned away because one of this thing. They were like, it didn't even work. It can't round specific corners. I mean. Yeah, it just was like blocking the, the yeah, cave. It was like in like, the way. They had to make him get out of the they, fucking They way. made like the kids on the other side like kick the sub to get it no it didn't even go that far because it couldn't round corners so he got upset and called one of the divers who helped rescue the kids a pedo guy uh that's not cool i think he's been melting down a little bit ever since apparently he doesn't treat his workers very well either yeah they're going after him over at tesla and another thing is that uh he he won't let like any like buddy outside of tesla work on teslas he's trying to stop that but there's all these laws in the books yeah he's trying to privatize it he's trying to privatize it yeah but but that's illegal to even say i'm going to privatize it based on because it could fuck up finances or something. he's kind of you know it's like what elon musk is if we're talking like of what he is he's chaotic chaotic good Uh, yeah kind of chaotic neutral maybe yeah maybe yeah you know his dad owned a Tanzanian gym mine. No, I did know that. And he used to have like gym fights with his brothers. I mean, that sounds fun. Sounds like it hurt. Gym fight? What is that even like? What does that mean? What's a gym fight? Let's move on from Elon Musk. We see a Chicago skyline and Werner comments on how it looks empty. It looks devoid of its inhabitants. We have to assume that nearly everyone has left for a colony out there. Are you lonesome tonight? 
Dude, this is hilarious. This part. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone in Chicago is left for the Mars place where I don't like. And no one is here anymore to to live in Chicago. He's pontificating if everyone in Chicago went to Mars. <laughs> Which is, you know, this is why we watch a, a Werner movie, in my opinion, for the jokes. Yes. Things must be real good out there. And monks show up and they're all looking at their cell phone and he's wondering aloud. Have the monks stopped meditating? Have they stopped praying? They all seem to be tweeting. Shall I come back again? Now, Elon Musk wants to send people to Mars. Werner points out that it doesn't look very inviting, though he would volunteer to go. Lucy Ann comes back and she says, the more you look for life elsewhere, the more you appreciate your own. Looking at Mars right now and saying you want to live there is like saying you want to live on a life raft, but that life raft has to go somewhere. Lucienne bringing it down to Earth. For a Werner Herzog movie, this is very crowded, very fast-paced, but we do get a lingering shot of Elon Musk. Yeah, he's like looking off all kind of emo. He's, this is like emo Elon Musk. But I don't seem to remember the good dreams. Um, the ones that... I remember all the nightmares. I've never heard his voice until this movie. Pretty calm. But scary. He has a very calm way of but speaking. But also scary. Sure, buddy. Scary voice. But Werner asks, can the internet dream of itself? When you see that name, though, written out, Elon Musk. Yeah. Doesn't it just seem like a virus? Yeah. Like, it's like, I've got the Elon Musk virus. Chapter seven. No, eight. Hashtag. Artificial intelligence. We go to Pittsburgh in a robotics lab. We see a robot testing its own limbs. They call it the chimp. That's one cool robot. That's like my favorite robot in the movie. The roboticist, J. Michael Vandegui. He's envisioning battalions of robots performing. Battalions? Of rescues of places. I that thought you said Italians at first. Italians. Italian robots. Italian robots. <laughs> you just make them as stereotypical as possible. <laughs> like one's a pizza chef. I make a pizza. One's a mobster. Forget about it. Pasta for goal. <laughs> oh, I'm a robot. Yeah, that one looks like a Roberto Benini. I noticed that the robot was covered in AIDS. No. <laughs> what? You did? No, I misread my notes. <laughs> Ads. This robot has AIDS. Yeah, robot AIDS. It's so sad. Get ready for the future, folks. And there's no robot cure yet for robot AIDS. What up, dog? But Werner asks, can they fall in love? And the man goes, will they need to? Again, Werner's like, this is what we're going to lose, is love. Technology's taking our love away. And we see shots of the Asimo robot opening a container and pouring a beverage and giving the beverage to a lab assistant. And you got to admit, that was one cool robot. Then it cuts back to, this is what I noticed, it cuts back to that dude. Remember, it cuts back to the very first guy who's showing us the, the original internet yeah. refrigerator machine yeah and he's got the same movements of that little robot because the robot that little robot pouring yeah. the drink oh right he walks like a little old man that was my <laughs> that was my take internet internet <laughs> very internet internet chapter nine the internet of me we go back to leonard kleinrock he says i should be able to talk to this room the more connected we get the more invisible technology will seem. But he says that the technology is forcing deep critical thinking to be lost. The reliance on the machines is overlooking our ability to conjure ideas. That's true. I haven't had an idea in weeks. That's an interesting concept that 
technology will imagine that you don't even think about it anymore because we haven't reached that point yet. I feel like we're very conscious of the tech that's all around us. Yeah, it's because everything's thing. moving so quickly. Yeah, it's gonna bring people to fisticuffs. You know, when they're out of ideas, they're just gonna have their fists. You know, think about it. Shut up, Bobby. Yo, fisticuffs. Chapter ten: The future. There's universality of human thought. We meet uh, uh what is it? Neurobiologists. They study the brain. They talk about the universality of human thought. They said that they have discovered that the brain has a vocabulary and that. There is a, a measure of electromagnetic energy that is just sitting there. And they theorize that on a very minute level, there is telepathy. And expanding that, using technology to expand that, actual telepathy could be near. Communicating with technology through a mere thought. Can you imagine that? That does sounds terrifying. A lot of this shit does kind of scare me. I'm pushing 40. I feel like I'm starting to, I'm, I'm at that age where I'm like, I don't want to hate things because, you know, when you don't understand something, you, ha- you hate it. Mm-hmm. I'm just reaching that age where it's like, look, all for you, get that away from me, you know. Everyone wants me to, uh, to, to have a Venmo account. It's driving me crazy, Stuart. Oh, yeah, man. Everyone's trying to sign me up for stuff like Slack and Venmo. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, thanks. I just hope Fortnite doesn't die. Because I love hashtag Fortnite. You should go get a life and quit playing Fortnite. Pokemon Go. Werner ponders the connectivity of us in the future. But the movie closed down on the West Virginia hoedown where they sing what I think they're singing is uh, Let Me Be Your Shorty Dog. Salty Dog. Let me be your salty dog. Salty Dog. But Shorty Dog. Was it Shorty or Salty Dog? It was Salty Dog. All right. And that's the movie. Lo and behold reveries of a connected world now Stuart. yeah we don't rate in star rating scale the stars they have solar flares they'll fuck our shit up they'll ruin our civilizations we prefer to rate in a herzog rating scale wow you're gonna give this one through five herzogs i'm gonna give this one through five herzogs then we will combine those herzogs for best out of 10 herzogs Stuart, what do you think of this movie lo and behold reveries of the connected world you know, I loved it. Think of all the Herzogs that this could have. It's made by Werner Herzog. I, I would say, you know, you kind of give it a lot. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. What do you think? It's become a real philosophical question, giving Herzogs to a Herzog. It's like, I don't know how I could give it any less than five. Are you going to give it five? I mean, it's Herzog. Yeah? You're going to give it five Herzogs? You, how many stars would you give a star if we use the star scale? Zero system? stars. To a star? Well, I'm biased, though. All right. Well, what about, uh, what about you? What do you think? Are you giving it five Herzogs? I'm just, I'm just, in, it's such a, it's such a quandary for me. I just don't, it's like, it's like, it's like Schrodinger's cat, you know? Is it in the box? Is, is the Herzog in the box? Is the Herzog, if I, I just imagine the Herzog in the box. And if you open it, is it there? Well, it's an interesting movie. It's informative and scary and cluttered, but so is our technological world right now. Right. It's like a bunch of mouse cables. Yeah. You know, I got a drawer full of cables right now. That's what this movie is. What do I do with all my mouse cables? But it's appropriate considering what this movie is about. Yes. So it's appropriate that this would be the most cluttered Werner Herzog movie I've seen so far. There's history in it and then there's future in it. And Stuart, I don't know where I connect with this future. I got to admit it's a little daunting. But, you know, you're glad, right, that Herzog was there to take you through it. Right? Yeah. Do you regret seeing this movie? To remind me that love matters. Right. It's all about love, robot love. 
I love you long time. I give this movie 3.75 Herzog. What? Really? Yeah. Are you giving it five? I guess so. All right. So you take your five Herzogs. I take my 3.75 Herzogs. I'm just really confused by the whole thing. And that makes it a very good score of 8.75 Herzogs. I mean, it's it's got laughs. It's got some scary moments. It is scary. It's got a Herzog. There's a Herzog. It's always, it's always funny to hear him talk. We don't see him, but we hear him. Well, yeah, you don't have to see him to hear him. He's always here. Where am I pointing? Heart. My heart. Dear. Herzog heart. Heartzog. You can follow us on social media at Documenteers, various social media places. You can email us at documenteerspodcast at gmail.com. Also, please, oh please, if you have not done so already, give us five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. If you do that, it helps iTunes weirdo algorithm that we're all relying on help people find our podcast. And if everyone who listened to this podcast did that, we'd be sitting pretty, pretty as a picture, doing all damn right. We're doing fine right now, but we really need your help. And if you're listening right now and you have not done so, please go to iTunes slash Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and a brief review. And after you've done that, review us on as many platforms as you'd like. Just make sure it's five stars. Anything less, then why waste your time complaining, really? Talk about what you love, not what you hate. Man, it's so sweet and beautiful. Thanks, buddy. Boy, I don't know how this episode's going to turn out, but <laughs> but it is what it is. Lo and behold, Reveries of the Connected World by Werner Herzog. It's very emotional, isn't it? Yeah, it is. 8.75 out of 10 Herzogs. That's the most Herzogs we've ever given. Uh, no, Into the Abyss was a 10. What? Yeah. Really? You know, Angela and I, we get real emotionally connected to things. Do you guys hold hands when you watch the movie? Sometimes. That's sweet. It is adorable. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Keep on docking. The corridors here look repulsive. What up, dog? Do you love it? Shut up. I, I don't like it because it's so artsy-fartsy.